You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Welcome to Big New Sports, featuring Lars Anderson, New York Times bestselling author of 12 books and a 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, Matt Coulter, a former Alabama Broadcaster of the Year and longtime media personality, and Christian Miller, a national championship-winning linebacker at Alabama who was drafted by the Carolina Panthers. Here's Lars, Matt, and Christian Well, the PGA is off and running Oakville, Rochester, New York. I want to dive into that pretty much immediately. So just welcome into the program and also many thanks to our presenting sponsor, Katie Fenton, Union Home Mortgage. Uh, Lars, I'm just staring at the leaderboard right now as we get ready for the show. And Sahith Tagala is the leader. He's through 11 at minus three. And I'm not just going to sit here and read you the leaderboard, but I will go down to tie for fifth. Making the turn is Justin Thomas. Uh, we make no bones about it. Tuscaloosa, nobody listening to the show makes anything about it. We like JT. We like Justin Thomas, and not just as a golfer, as a person. Um, he just walks the walk, talks the talk, and uh, I, I really like his game, too. But, Lars, I think you probably read this, but I, th- I picked it up last week somewhere that he was playing with Tiger. And Tiger just gave him some very blunt advice. He said, you need to start moving the ball more. And that means playing your fades and your cuts more. And these guys move the ball. You wouldn't believe it unless you stood behind them and watched what they can do with the golf ball. It's not like hit it 250 yards, hit it 78 yards, and maybe you have a putt for for birdie. They move the golf ball around so significantly, it's scary. But I don't know if this is showing so far just through nine holes, but maybe Justin's advice from Tiger Woods has taken over here, Lars. I certainly hope so. I'd love to see him win his second PGA. Yeah, I would too. Uh, He's a very likable guy. Um, And uh, he's uh, um, emerged, I think, as one of the leaders of the sort of the new look PGA tour because of – the split with Liv, um, but Justin, he, he just he hasn't been playing that well. Uh, no, he hasn't been playing that well for the past uh, several months. Uh, he's fallen to thirteenth in the world, um, and uh, I mean, right now, you know, if 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 you were given the option of taking uh, John Rom, uh, who is number one in the world. And then uh, Scotty Scheffler from the United States, who's number two in the world, of get, taking those two guys or the field, who would you take? Okay, I can take both of them. Yeah. And uh, I get everybody wow. else. <laughs> uh, well, I think I'd take the two. I just, you yeah, know, I, I think I love Rom's game. And yeah. not, it was, I didn't call a shot like Ruth or anything, but I felt like he was going to win the Masters, and he did. And I don't think you can count Scotty Scheffler out of any tournament. He's just got game all over the place. So does Ron. But let me reverse that on you. Uh, wide receiver, reverse, Lars, which would you take, those two or the field? 
I think I'd take those two as well, um, just to, because they're, they're they're playing at at a level that is just a, a little bit higher than everybody else. Um, you know, I, I'd like to see Rory McIlroy, who's third in the world and, and just uh, one of my favorite players. My two favorite players are, are McIlroy and uh, and JT. Um, and, uh, I just think, uh, McElroy has as beautiful a swing as I've ever seen. I mean, it is just fundamentally perfect. And I'm frankly surprised that he hasn't won more. Uh, uh, I think he's got three majors. Is that correct? And, uh, he's still looking for, uh, uh, one more to complete the career grand slam. If I recall correctly, but um, he's just got he's got a great game, I, and it's uh, I think it's sort of uh, between the ears is really what has been been hurting him. And I'm not sure exactly. It's hard to say that when he's third in the world, right? It's hard to be too really? critical. But uh, but he's the type of talent that you would uh, you would think uh, could have a long run at number one. And and it just shows you like if you're just off just a tiny, tiny bit in golf, you're going to you're going to just lag behind the field, you know, because it's it, it is such a precise game. And, you know, if one aspect of your game isn't hitting on all cylinders, it's hard to win tournaments. Uh, you know, if your putting is just a tick off, if it's your short game, if it's your mid range uh, iron game if it's uh, uh off the tee you know if it's uh, your ability to scramble i mean that that to me the ability to scramble has always been like or was tiger woods's true specialty and also is his putting i mean his putting and his scrambling ability and his creativity were like second to none when he was in his prime and um you know it will be interesting to see uh just how Tiger, um, how his career progresses, right? As he plays in fewer and fewer tournaments, I, I don't think he is ever going to be on the Champions Tour. Uh, I don't think he will uh, uh, enter a tournament where he doesn't think he has a legitimate shot to win. And so what will his role become? What is going to be the second act of Tiger Woods's career because you know he's not going to leave the the golf world um and uh, I mean we're seeing him do some business ventures but just like you know what if it would be to be like a coach or a real mentor to to somebody like Justin you know just like what you said just the advice that he, that uh, that Tiger was given Justin very simple you know got to move the ball more and also, you just got to get it in the fairway. <laughs> the thing is, Justin hits the ball so hard and he hits it so violently off the tee. And I don't know if the stats back this up or not. This is just what it seems like, is that he misses more fairways than most top golfers off the tee. And um, again, I don't know if the stats back that up or not. But um, but I know that Tiger has joked with him in the past that, hey, Get it in the fairway. Get it in the fairway. Uh, life is a lot easier, right, when you hit the ball straight. Um, I, I love it when, you know, when you ask somebody, hey, what's uh, what's the key to this course? Uh, you just got to hit it straight. <laughs> you know, 
It's, it seems so that simple, guy, right? Yeah, every course. I mean, I mean, yeah, but I mean, it, but it's, 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 and I've, I've said that before too, because there's some courses that I play, uh, most notably Robert Trent Jones, uh, the Ridge, which is my favorite course in Alabama. Um, it's a narrow course and, but it's not, it's, it's not extremely long. And so the key is hitting the ball straight. <laughs> but when you try to explain that to somebody, it really sounds like just so freaking obvious. But uh, it's true. <laughs> Sometimes the simplest advice is the best advice, Matt. Well, and it's interesting to be talking about a major period and not being, you know, with Tigers, the focus. But uh, that's tough. And I guess we're just we're all going to have to deal with this. But. Maybe the advice worked out and JT's going to end up having a great tournament. By my count here, it's been two years since he won a tournament. Does that sound right? Uh, I'd have to look that up. Yeah, I'm trying to look it up and I just keep, you know, every once in a while the internet will take you down every dirt road you can possibly see. But anyway, I think it's been a while since he has won a tournament, although he's been in contention. But he's not playing the kind of golf that he was four or five years ago where he's just knocking it. Just, I mean, he was knocking it down. Um, but anyway, uh, Oak Hill, is that the course uh, up in Rochester? Have you been to it? I know you lived in New York for like 20 years. I just wonder if you've been to that particular track. No, I haven't. And um, uh by the way, Justin Thomas's last win was the, the he's the reigning PGA Championship winner. Uh, he and won he, last year. Yeah, he won last I year. I he won last year in a playoff over Will uh, Zalatorius, and then he won one tournament it, it, in uh, 2021, that which which was the Players Championship, and uh, then he won in 2020, won two in 2020. So. Uh, going back to 2020, he's won four times. Well, then I just apologize to him and all his fans, and I know there are a lot listening here. <laughs> I'm just going to have to rack that up to old man memory. No, 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 no. I, I it just, uh, it, yeah. So anyway, a long he, time he, ago he's to the, me. no, but he he hasn't, uh, you know, uh, it, it hasn't been his uh, best um, year, but. Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, the, the the course up in Rochester. No, I've not played it. Um, I have friends here in Birmingham that uh, actually drove. I mean, look to me <laughs> to drove up to Rochester from here. When I was living in New York, it was a long drive. I mean, you're basically going all the way to Canada, right? <laughs> it's, it's north it's of very up. It's, it's north of Buffalo, for goodness sakes. Like, yeah. it is a long ways away. And uh, it's like a different world up there. Uh, and I would never drive that from New York City. And I can't believe my buddies are driving from Birmingham. But they're they just Lawrence, get their number. We got to call them right now. <laughs> I know. Well, no. I, and I, I was invited to go, but uh, it was uh, just going to be a little too gluttonous uh, for my liking. So I uh, I, I, I passed on it. Um, but uh, it, it's always fun, right, to go to uh, golf tournaments. Uh, I'd rather just go to uh, <laughs> one right here in Birmingham rather than drive 36 hours up to Rochester. Um, but 
Uh, no, I have not played the course. Uh, the, typically, the PGA Championship, uh, they just, uh, um, it, you know, it usually takes a score of around 10 or so, minus 10 to win. Um, but we'll, uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. Um, uh, is there anybody who uh, is there a, a golfer that you like uh, that maybe is not being discussed that could be a dark horse? Uh, that's a really good question. You know, I'm a JT guy and a Rom guy right now, just where I sit. Um, I don't know. I mean, is is there a John Daly out there? You remember when he won at Crooked Stick? That was just an unbelievable story. And that was 35 years ago. Yeah. Uh, uh, we're going to continue well, this dive into golf. Also, let's play the little game the whole world is playing. Where is Nick Saban? Also, another note on Oak Hill with some astonishing numbers as far as the actual golf course is concerned. Uh, but I actually... Coming up next, we'll talk to Murray Bartow. Where's Brandon Miller going? Is he going to the Hornets? Well, Murray should know. He's one of their scouts. Back on Big News Sports. Covering SEC sports like kudzu on the roadside, this is Big Noon Sports. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. This is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Our home base right here in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. As respected industry leaders, we are here working hard for you in an effort to provide you with excellence in sports medicine, excellence in research and education, and excellence in sports injury prevention. We are here for you, aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky cloudy at times this afternoon and tonight. A few passing showers and thunderstorms are likely. The high today, 80. Tonight's low, 63. Tomorrow, a mix of sun and clouds with scattered showers and thunderstorms. The high at 81. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 73 degrees in Tuscaloosa. LA, uh, 
uh, East Tennessee State. I could go on and on and on. Currently a, a scout in the NBA for Charlotte. Uh, and due to what they call the sweepstakes now, I still call it a lottery. They'll have the number two pick, and uh, they might have a chance to get a Brandon Miller on their team. But, uh, first of all, Murray, welcome to the show. How are you? How are the boys? How's Tammy? Everybody good? Everybody's good, Matt. Hope you and your family are good as well. Well, you know they're great, and I'm a very blessed man, and you feel the same way. Uh, before we get into specifics, I just kind of want to know what the lay of the land is now for uh, the franchise and mainly you as a scout. Um, are you still working hard on coming up with more information and stats and thoughts on players, or is, is the hay in the barn? It's just you're waiting on the, the actual draft day. No, no, a lot of work to be done between now and the 22nd of June. I can assure you that a lot of video study, a lot of intel, and obviously we're at the combine right now. Everybody's up here for the entire week, and that'll conclude really tomorrow, late tomorrow. But uh, no, still a lot of work to be done. We've got a pretty big, you know, sizable scouting staff and. We've got to study a lot of video, go through a lot of games, do a lot of intel, and uh, as we prepare for the draft on the on the twenty second. Coach, um, what can you tell us about uh, the uh, kid from France, Victor Wimbayama? I'm not sure. I'm sure I just butchered his name. <laughs> that's close, uh, Wimbayama. Yeah, that's close. Okay, yeah. Got right. it, Lars. <laughs> he is being hailed as sort of the top prospect by many uh, since LeBron James. What can you tell us about him, uh, especially for those of us who just haven't had a chance to see him play because he's been playing overseas? Well, he's an incredible talent. I was able to see him. He came over and they played the G League Ignite early in, in Las Vegas in two exhibition games. And he's, you know, he's every bit of 7-4. And if you can picture kind of a Kevin Durant, kind of a Ralph Sampson lookalike type body and going way back. But uh, he's, he's really, really skilled. And uh, he can play inside. He can block shots. He can float out. He's, a, he's got a beautiful shot. And uh, so he can really shoot it. He can go inside and do things. You know, the only question would be durability because he is thin and doesn't have a lot, you know, doesn't have tremendous strength. But uh, he's still a young kid. He's a phenomenal kid, great family. And, you know, listening to older scouts, I'm very new in this profession, but listening to older scouts, they've just never. I keep hearing the word generational. They've just really never seen anyone quite like him. So, you know, if he can continue to get stronger and uh, just gain some size and stay healthy, uh, you know, he's going to be fun to watch in the NBA. Just a, a quick follow-up. Um, he doesn't have, uh, like, an extensive list of injuries that he's suffered but because of his height and his narrow frame, are you worried about uh, him being more susceptible to like to, to leg injuries? No, it's a great question. Yeah, I think you have to. Yes, that is a red flag. That is a worry. 
but uh, you know, we'd obviously all be shocked if he's not the number one pick. He's just such an incredible talent. But yeah, you you know, with every player, you look at you know what could be the potential downfalls, what could be the red flags, what are we looking at here, what's the intel say, and that's certainly when you're trying to look at the possible negative with him. Yeah, you're concerned. I mean, you can look at Chet Holmgren last year. You can look at a Greg Oden. You can, you know, the list goes on and on and on. So that always is a concern, but he is an incredible talent. Murray, if you'd like to go ahead and break the story now, you can tell everybody who y'all are going to support. <laughs> yeah, but, I, I'd be, and, I'd be, and I'd be fired in about 10 minutes. Well, and I don't want to risk that. I don't want to know that badly, no. okay, Murray? Uh, no. Can you just break down what Miller's been like just the few days into the end of the combines now? Just kind of say, what's the book on Brandon Miller? Well, number one, the comb- in, in terms of the combine, the better players, the so-called, there's probably 40 guys that I think, I'm not sure the exact number, but about 40 guys have opted out of playing in the combine. Some of these guys will come in and do measurements. Now, I think that's all going to change next year because I think next year it's going to be mandated that you have to be here and you have to do measurements, you have to do interviews, you have to go through the medical process. This year, a little different. Um, there was a Brandon Miller sighting. I saw, saw him and Noah Clowney kind of across the way. But I'm not sure, Matt, what they did. I can 100% tell you they're not playing. Um, there were, yeah, there, there, there are again, about 40 of the guys opted out there. It's obviously, you know, coming from, I'm sure their agencies and the agents that are working with them, but they basically just tell them, you know, don't play. There's nothing good that can come out of it. So, so a lot of the guys don't play. So from a Brandon Miller standpoint, Noah Clowney standpoint, both those guys are not playing. Um, they, you know, guys did play yesterday. They'll play again later today. But, uh, you know, it's obvious with, with Brandon. I, and I have no clue. You know, the, the final pick, that, that's so far over my head. That comes, that comes down to Michael Jordan, who's our owner, and Mitch Kupchak, who's our GM. And there'll be a couple people there in the room with those two. And, you know, I, my boss is a guy named Larry Jordan, who is Michael's brother. He's the director of scouting. And, you know, we'll be sitting around the table and we'll certainly have an opinion and we'll certainly have a vote. But who knows what Mitch and Michael will ultimately decide to do. But Brandon Miller's obviously a great talent. And, uh, you know, he's he's long. He's, you know, he can, you know, p- probably play the two, even at his size, very athletic, great feel. Um, you know, the game just comes easy to him. You know, he just, it just, it, it's just an easy game. He can pass, he can dribble, he can score, probably got to put on some size and get maybe a little stronger. Um, that was the, you know, a question early he didn't finish super well around the rim when, when he tried, you know, trying to, kind of play through contact but he's just he's really talented he's so so tall so long so skilled got a great feel for the game and uh certainly got a great future ahead of another top 
uh, Scoot Henderson, uh, which is the best nickname I've heard in a while. He, yeah. and he got the he got the nickname Scoot because when he was a, a toddler or a baby, he scooted across the floor on his uh, behind. Uh, so, but he is a uh, he's a point guard out of uh, grew up in Marietta, Georgia, and he went straight into the G League, as you know, six foot two. And, uh, and he was a, a five-star recruit, but he just opted, as I said, to go to the G League. Uh, what, what, what can you tell us about Scoot Henderson? And I, I know that uh, from what I've read that he's projected to be, you know, top, top, uh, top five pick. Yeah, without question. He just, he's just got us. The, the first thing that jumps out uh, when you watch him play, he – you know he's a he's a young kid, but he looks 25, 26 years old. I mean he's just got a uh, he's just got a thick, strong body. I mean he will transition very quickly into the NBA. He's a really good point guard, can really pass. So great handle, great passer, great strength and power and size, and probably doesn't you know the knock is the, the, the little bit of red flag he's not a great shooter he can shoot off the bounce and kind of a good mid-range shooter needs to continue to develop as a three-point shooter but tough physical uh he will transition very very quickly into the nba he's a really good player St- you know just stud athlete strong great downhill speed really really talented player all right, Murray, I'm going to save the toughest question for last. Are you happy with what you're doing, or if an opportunity came up in college basketball, would you consider returning to the coaching position? You know, I'd never say never. I do miss a lot of coaching. Uh, I don't miss the portal, and I don't miss NIL, I can assure I'll you bet. that. Um, you know, talking in the, in the job I've got, I talk to tons and tons of coaches, and, you know, the month of – April, May, June used to be good months, and now they're miserable months because you're, you don't even know who's going to be on your roster. So there's a lot of it I don't miss, uh, but but I would never say never. I do love what I'm doing. I really enjoy what I'm doing. I love the people that I work with and still evaluating, still in the game, still around basketball. So I've, re- I've really enjoyed it. Well, you do a great job, and you're very generous with your time on this show, and we appreciate it. Hello to your family, and uh, good luck down the stretch, because that's, I think, exactly where we are right now as far as the draft is concerned. We are. We are. Thanks, guys. You guys have a good day, and you guys do a great job. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks, Coach. Thank you, Murray. Um, Good guy. Uh, I did a lot of his games, um, broadcast games, radio and TV over the years, and Truly enjoyed my time with him, of course, with his dad as well. So uh, that's all good. Hey, when we get back, I want to go down the uh, – do you need to get Nick like a little crimson and white Waldo's hat? Because apparently there's been a sighting in Rome. Uh, I'm sure everybody's aware of that, especially in Tuscaloosa. We'll talk a little bit about that. and We'll talk about the length of Oak Hill too because, man, it takes – a lot of these holes I'd be – these holes I'd be hitting like three drivers. You're listening to Big Noon Sports. This is the Big Noon Sports Network. 
The story of the nurse and the foot pain that nearly brought him down. I feel like I'm giving people their lives back. Robert lived to take care of his patients, but he couldn't do it unless he took care of his foot pain. I have plantar fasciitis. It'll almost put you on your knees. That's how much it hurts. His own recovery started when he got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now that I'm pain-free, I can make these people feel better. Can't beat that. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Scholar, and you read it with your classmates, it just, it comes to life. And there's a certain like escapism where it's like you can get into this whole different world, right? And uh, and and Shakespeare was the same way. Shakespeare can be very challenging uh, as well. But um, you know, again, if you if you study with a scholar, with an expert, they really can guide you. And and uh, and, and it, it, it was life changing for me. It was absolutely life changing for me. The, those courses in in uh, English literature. So anyway, we can move on to uh, Oak Hill. <laughs> uh, no, one more, one more. Um, while Keats is my favorite poet, my favorite poem is To an Athlete Dying Young by Hausman. Uh, pull it out and read it. And this one doesn't take, uh, you know, you don't have to be deep into literary knowledge to figure out what he's talking about. But it's not just an athlete. It's all in life. And it's just a wonderful piece of work. I just pulled it up. I'm going to read it during the break. But I'm not going to read it out loud on the air because, Lars, you and I have probably managed to run our total listenership down to a handful. So yeah. Uh, I, I love I love Blake. And my favorite poem is Eternity. And I, I'll, I'll whip it out when I'm trying to uh, woo a, a young lady. <laughs> so... That's that's you my go-to. That's my, that's my go-to. That's my go-to poem. <laughs> Eternity, that's William Blake. Works, that's, that's so often. Okay, Lars, we'll take a break and go back to a different corner of the library uh, when we come back. Uh, Oakmont is. I've teased this three times now. Oakmont. I mean, um, Oak Hill is long. Okay, I promise we'll get to that in just a couple of minutes on Big Den Sports, brought to you by Haley Sansing, Union Home Mortgage. Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside, this is Big Noon Sports. 
Cigarettes. This is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home 2 Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world-class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. It's in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers, and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Work is a part of all of us. Working drives us to push beyond what we thought was imaginable and allows us to come together again for the things that really matter. That's why the Alabama Department of Labor and the Alabama Career Center System is here to help you discover bigger opportunities than ever before. Visit your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov. Funding provided by the USDOL, PTA, and Federal WIOA, an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by this station and the Alabama Broadcasters Association. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky cloudy at times this afternoon and tonight. A few passing showers and thunderstorms are likely. The high today, 80. Tonight's low, 63. Tomorrow, a mix of sun and clouds with scattered showers and thunderstorms. The high at 81. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 73 degrees in Tuscaloosa. A national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. A quick look at the PGA leaderboard. They're about halfway through round one at Oak Hill. Ryan Fox is now your leader through 14. He's at minus three. Then you got Corey Connors and Victor Hovland, who are both at minus two. And uh, just on their tips is Justin Thomas, who just completed 12, and he is one under. One of the things I remember from the tournaments that they've played at this course before is it's just really, really long. And it's even long by today's uh, long ball hitters status. Um, they have two holes that are 600-plus yards. Think of that, Lars, 600-plus. And I think the total yardage for the course is 7,400, which is it's just a really long course. But, Lars, these guys, that's not a big challenge to them anymore, is it? Yeah, I mean, I think on most of these par fours, uh, for the members, they play par fives. But um, there's two golfers I want to talk about real quick. One is uh, Brooks Kepka. He's a long hitter, right? And he uh, is, is finally healthy. And I think Kepka is uh, uh, somebody to watch. And he's uh, even through 11. And I think for day one, you know, they always say you can you, you can't win the tournament on the first in the first on the first day, but you can lose it. So you just want to be, you know, within eyesight of uh, of the top of the leaderboard. So I, I think a, even par, even maybe plus one, uh, you should be feeling pretty good about everything. And I really want to take Roy or McElroy. And I, and I forgot to mention this, Matt. His wife is from Rochester. Right. 
I didn't know that. What a better way to impress your in-laws than to win and to win in front of them in their hometown. And Rory is actually a member at this course. So you would think he would have a little uh, home field advantage. However, uh, Rory is out on the course and it, it's a struggle for him. He's tied for 52nd through 10 holes. He's plus three. I mean, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't by any stretch knock him out of the tournament. But I think, you know, you, you want to be, again, maybe plus one uh, after today. I think even plus two, you, you'll be all right. But you certainly don't want to fall too far behind uh, day one. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's this uh, this is a uh, it's a monster course. Uh, just, you know, first hole, uh, par four, 460. It's really uh, one of the most challenging opening holes in the country because the the tee shot is elevated and there's a dog leg left. And but if you go too far left, you're going to hit one of three bunkers that line the fairway. Um, you know, we could just go on and on. Like uh, there's a, a par five, six hundred and fifteen on the on the fourth hole, um, and and it's just uh, you, you got to be able to really strike the ball. Uh, there's a par three that's two forty five. Wow. And uh, I would be hitting driver on that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, short, let's see, there's a short 320-yard par four, but it's it's lined with bunkers everywhere. Um, the easiest hole is a par three, uh, 160 yards, but it's a multi-tiered green, and there's a steep runoff area, so you got to be very, very precise um but it, it's uh it's it's going to be a, a challenging course and one of the names you mentioned uh up at the top of the leaderboard uh that i also am interested in is um is uh is is victor hovland uh that uh, i i think he has got serious serious game and i think he's a player who is going to be around like for the next 20 years i agree and, and uh, and he's just uh, he's got a great mind for the game and and uh, he's um, he's fun to watch. Yeah, and unfortunately today he's uh, playing with um, with Patrick Cantlay. I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, we. Uh, we're, we're no fan of Candler, are we? But uh, hopefully he, he's speeding things up a little bit. <laughs> um, you know what I'm really impressed with? I don't know which one more, but is the fact that you and I managed to carry on a conversation about poetry for about seven minutes. <laughs> or the fact that you actually know where Roy McElroy's wife is from. <laughs> I know I'm full of full of useless knowledge here. No, uh, I think that's pretty interesting. Um, yeah, I mean it would it would certainly make for an interesting uh, sort of subplot if Rory can be in contention and and you know the eyes of his in laws are bearing down on him. Would that fuel him with uh, confidence or would it make him more nervous? I don't know. Uh, 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 
I, I, you know, I always got along better with my in-laws than my significant other, but <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so well, I was let's not take that trip down lit 101. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, All right. uh, wow. We've been on the air 53 minutes and we've touched every base so far. Um, I, I like the PGA and it brings up very, very fond memories because uh, I was right in the middle of covering the PGA, the first PGA in 84 at Shoal Creek and the second in 90. Uh, Lars, in 84, it provided a very young television reporter the opportunity. And I've told you <clears throat> about my Arnold Palmer story, so I won't repeat that one. But I mean, I got to interview Palmer, Nicholas, player. Uh, Trevino won it. Uh, I mean, I'm smack dab in the middle of some of the greatest golfers of all time. And that course was so spectacular. And I think that's when Birmingham as a city, it had already embraced golf as a sport. There were a lot of good courses. But after 84, they started springing up everywhere. And I'm not talking about, uh, no, no disrespect, I'm not talking about munis. I'm talking about really good, often difficult golf courses. And uh, it still has a foothold here in, in Birmingham, Alabama. There are people that travel from all over the world just to play the Robert Trent Jones. Oh, absolutely. I I bump in probably to more people out of state there than in state, you know, and, and it's usually a, a group of guys coming down for uh, a guy's week and they're, they're, they're hitting as many of the courses on the trail as they can. I will say this, I, I wish Birmingham and it, it had like more like little sort of par threes uh, because just for kids, it, it, it's not necessarily, you, you know, it, it, it's tough for someone Lincoln's age, right? Uh, who just yeah. turned eight, who loves golf. Uh, to get out to a course where he feel like he feels like he really can, you know, be more in his element than having to play just a regulation size course. But yeah, the, the, the golf is fanatical. I'll never forget being out at Shoal Creek the first time I played it. Um, I was playing with our, our buddy uh, Taylor Hicks, and it was on one hole. And it was it's like that signature hole that you, you, it's a, I think it's a par four. Oh. You, Okay. You, you hit over the creek and um and and uh the, the, well we'll get to it on the other side i know we got a break that's a great tease because i want to hear it you're listening to big news sports The universal truth of women's shoes. The cuter they are, the more they hurt. You have to put your best foot forward, and if your best foot is an ugly shoe, oh my goodness. Lisa Ann thought she had to choose between looking good and feeling good until she got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now I can wear the shoes that I've picked out because I like the way they look, not because they were comfortable. Good Feet relieved her pain and her fashion dilemma. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. probably seen their clothing around town on game days but check out christopher mobley on the strip it's luxury game day apparel redefined it's the only place in town where you can find todd hoops apparel clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur golf enthusiast and athleisure fanatic they've got peter millar viore grayson and mizzen and and if you haven't tried the mizzen and dress shirts you've got to you can find them at 1410 university boulevard on the strip also they've got a great e-commerce site at christophermobley.shop so check out christopher mobley luxury game day apparel redefined Work is a part of all of us. 
Working drives us to push beyond what we thought was imaginable and allows us to come together again for the things that really matter. That's why the Alabama Department of Labor and the Alabama Career Center System is here to help you discover bigger opportunities than ever before. Visit your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov. Funding provided by the USDOL, ETA, and Federal WIOA, an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by this station and the Alabama Broadcasters Association. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of RR Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street, across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to RR and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around, and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience. Experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. The children's music and dance teacher who couldn't cha-cha. I was always on my feet. It was just so painful. Elisa couldn't let her students down. So she stepped up and went to the Good Feet store for personally fitted arch supports. I would work an entire day and my feet didn't hurt at the end of the day. That was when I knew, wow, these are different. But the really good part? It's good to be dancing together again. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. Here, treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers, and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you, aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to Big Noon Sports with Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and Christian Miller. Of Union Mortgage. Lars is in the middle of a PGA Show Creek story, and I don't want to pick up where you left off. Yeah, it was uh, the first time I played out there, um, uh, and I was playing with our our buddy uh, Taylor Hicks, who's a member out there, and um, it was the uh, I was on the signature hole. What what number is that, Matt? I don't know. It was twelve or thirteen. You talking about the par three? That's just picture. No, not the par three. Okay. It's a one. It's the one that goes over a creek, uh, right before the green. Uh, I th- actually think it's. I think it's uh, seventeen. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's a par five, five thirty seven. I remember it. I was I was like uh, I don't know three, I was like three hundred out. Right. So I was going to have to lay up and clearly, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> and uh, and and it just so happened that that the uh, NCAA golf national championship, when Tiger was uh, like a senior at Stanford, I believe was held at Shoal Creek. And I happened to hit my ball exactly where Tiger had hit his. And uh, maybe it was like 280 out. I think it was like 280, whatever. Um, and, and the caddy that I had was Tiger's caddy. 
uh, and uh, he said that the, the Tiger Woods from this spot hit uh, from 280 out, hit like a, a five wood within about three inches of the cup. <laughs> and I just was like, oh my gosh, because uh, it's a little bit downhill and uh, just. Uh, uh, it was it was just so cool. Like uh, history came alive there. But Matt, that it was the most beautiful course I'd ever played, and I just absolutely love love Shoal Creek. What was it like for you? What was the second major like uh, for you to covering it? It was pretty cool, but it just wasn't as uh, star studded as the one in '84 because so many of those guys I just mentioned last hour were really. Uh, close to midway past uh you know in the what do you call the twilight of their career but they were still contenders um darn it all i'm sitting here i'm racking my brain joe will look it up uh i'm trying to think who won it in 90 it was uh the guy that's also an optometrist dr gil morgan gil morgan won it i think it was his only major but even then uh i remember the guys that were popular then and the defending champ coming in was Payne Stewart. And what a colorful guy. And uh, that's the first time I'd ever been around Hal Sutton. That guy's a riot. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it was really, really fun. And that's when I got to know Bob Barrett, who, by the way, I'm going to call as soon as the show's over. We need to get him on tomorrow to talk about PGA Birmingham and to talk about what's going on. At Oak Hill. I think Rory just rolled in a, but he just put in from off the green. Wow. Uh, we got to get him up and going. Ryan Fox, still your leader at minus three. But uh, I have very, very fond memories of, of Shoal Creek and PGA. And um, those golfers would just, man, they, I think at first they were a little taken aback because they went, wait, this golf course is in Birmingham, Alabama. And then, Sorry, Joe, don't make me laugh in the middle of my sentence here. Uh, but uh, I forgot where I was going. Uh, I anyway, uh, Joe. Just I'm sorry, Matt. I, uh, Lars and I have different opinions on Rory McIlroy. Yes. <laughs> yeah, apparently, but apparently so. I hate it radio show and people won't let you in on the joke, but I seriously, I can't. Right, hold, hold on. Let's, let's call a timeout here. All right. D Joe, wh what's your issue with Rory McElroy? Rory represented all the PGA Tour against Liv, the arrogance. Why are y'all leaving us? Oh, you're hurting the game of golf. Oh, just the arrogance of we're PGA Tour. Liv has done nothing but help the entire game of golf, and Rory's benefited from it. But he leads the charge of, you guys betrayed us. Oh, and I just can't stand it. Loving that <laughs> blood money, are you, Joe? Dude, you take it too. Is If Liv, uh, if Liv wants to sponsor Big Noon Sports, we can get it going right now. <laughs> well, that's not a possibility, so therefore I'm not going to consider it. But I, <laughs> I, I have my opinions on Live Tour, and I think it's blowing up on them a little bit too. I mean, look, they 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 pulled a Heidi Bowl last week. Uh, of course, Joe probably doesn't remember the Heidi Bowl. Lars, do you remember the Heidi Bowl? Yeah, it has something to do with uh, broadcast being shut. Uh, I, I it has to do with the the movie Heidi. Uh, preempted the end of a football game. Is that right? It was the New York Jets and the L.A. Raiders, and it was Stabler versus uh, 
Namath. And they flat just and, – and by the way, I can't remember who was up two touchdowns. So I think it was NBC decided, okay, we can go ahead and cut out of this. Then uh, one of the teams went on an incredible run. And Blanda may have been the guy that led them to it because there was a time Blanda was leading everything, winning everything late as a quarterback and as a kicker. But NBC said, okay, we'll just go ahead and let's put Heidi on. We'd had it scheduled – it's Sunday night viewing for all of your family. Back come the Raiders, and man, did they just take an absolute, you know what, whipping uh, from every. Yeah. From o- every Oakland, Oakland scored two touchdowns in the final minute to win the game, forty-three thirty-two. Yep. Um, CW did a not nearly as uh, huge, but they did a little Heidi Bowl this past weekend in their golf tournament. Um, and cut off. They cut off a playoff and uh, went to some rather to like infomercials and stuff like uh, in um, a lot of other really old TV reruns. But uh, that didn't go over well. But then again, I don't know many people watch Live. Do you? I do not. I no. I, I just, I just, uh, there, there's just, there's not enough star power. Um, you know, I'm sorry, just not. Not, not, uh, just doesn't, it doesn't intrigue me enough. Um, but yeah, uh, okay. Just, here's, a, here's a text I got from Joe that is arable. Joe, I'm just kidding you, man. You know how much we love you, but we got a caller from Macon. Is that right? George, yes, sir. George and Macon wants Macon, to talk George. some golf with you guys. All right, bring it on. Hey, guys. Listen, I was raised in Birmingham. And I remember when they built Show Creek. And if I remember correctly, Hall Thompson owns the course where he built it and owns it yeah. and that sort of thing. And um, Jack Nicholas designed it, if I remember correctly. And it was right about that time he had just redone Eurofield, where he has his tournament. And I remember reading in the paper, they said, what was the big difference between redoing Eurofield and building Show Creek? He said there was not a money limitation when I built Joe Creek. I could spend as much money as I wanted to. And after hearing that, I was able to play the course one time, and that's why it is such a beautiful course. He, um, Hall Thompson um, did not make that uh, Nicholas adhere to a budget. And I thought that was always interesting. And that's a, it's a it's, great story and it's very yeah. true hall thompson was an entrepreneur I believe he graduated from vanderbilt and he had something to do with he thompson owned a trucking all company, I believe. Yeah, yeah didn't he own all the caterpillar franchises in the south or something yes he did yes he did and that's how he got all his money but i, I mean he you was know, so you nice that- a guy you sit down with him you never think this guy had a lot of money he was so humble and yes, in was. some ways, he's a little bit like George Barber. They do so much philanthropically that you can't keep up, and they never toot their own horn about it. And I remember Jack Nicholas held a news conference the first time he went out to the property. This is the first time all took him out there, and he just said, this piece of land is going to be a masterpiece. Enough said. 
Well, I just thought that was when y'all were talking about Show Creek. That kind of came to my memory. So that's a long, long, long time ago. And I, I remember what was so funny. You know, um, if, you know, obviously, if you wanted to be a member out there, you know, you you had to be, you know, you had to have a lot of resources, or or as my buddy used to say, all you got to do is have all Thompson like, and you got it made. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, George, let me ask you a question. Are you are you calling in from Macon? Yes, I am. That's one of my I was favorite southern cities because. If you go downtown, there's a, a, like a couple of blocks that just take you back as far as blues, southern rock and roll, and you can walk. Yeah, into that's the where club. they. Uh, Capricorn Records is there, and also the Grant. Yeah. Um, they that is it does take you back, and you know, and then they have a lot of memorabilia or not or they have pictures of Otis Redding there because he's from Macon. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's a pretty, you know, it's it's not so big, and it's not so small. Um, but I've been living here about 15 years. But I was raised in Birmingham and went to school in Birmingham, and um, I, you know, I moved away probably 40 years ago. So I really enjoy listening to y'all because I obviously you can ask Joe. I'm a huge, huge Alabama fan. I mean, I've been, you know, pulling for Alabama since 1960. And um, I enjoy listening to your show. But we all are talking about show cricket. That memory just sort of popped up in my head. Well, keep us on speed dial. Call us back. Appreciate your phone call. Okay, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. You see, I mean, golf stirs memories in Birmingham where I think there are a lot of people even today Lars, that don't know uh, that Birmingham is really a, a, a golf haven. Yeah, I, I didn't. Uh, I, I didn't realize that that uh, Jack Nicholas had designed uh, Shoal Creek. You know, I think Hubert Green may have helped, but that's an old man memory. I'm but, not really sure. But it, it reminds me of uh, uh, of. Uh, and this is going back to my New York time, but uh, the designer of Prospect Park in uh, in Brooklyn, uh, his last name was Olmsted, and he made a bunch of different mistakes, and then he designed Central Park in, in Manhattan, and he took what he learned from the mistakes that he made in uh, Prospect Park mainly that uh, there weren't berms around the park that would cut down on the noise inside the park and he put those in central park and so uh it, it was uh, it, it's kind of like uh, Muirfield and Shoal Creek where for for Jack Nicholas uh it, it's uh, interesting just how one evolves as a as a designer but uh, again getting pretty deep into the weeds here um but uh yeah um uh, and, and Jack Nicholas, by the way, he has called um, that that uh, number uh, uh, fifteen that we were discussing, like the, the most beautiful green go- uh, golf hole uh, in the world, because it's got the the pond, the waterfall, and the stream. Yeah, it is. Oh, really? It's a big time hole, but. All the holes are wonderful, but there are a couple that uh, 
that really stand out. And I'll tell you what, at 18 can be quite a test, especially when you've got a PGA championship on the line. Hey, we're going to take a break. Matt, 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 just want to mention that we got Brett McMurphy uh, of Action Sports, who uh, is a longtime ESPN reporter, a uh, longtime CBS reporter, one of the best college football reporters in the country. Uh, we're going to talk to him at 1.30 about all things happening at the ACC meetings. And that will come up in just a few minutes on Big Noon Sports, presented by Haley Sansing, Union Home Mortgage. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Where will you be on? This is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa, located at 2703 6th Street across from the home two suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private bourbons, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world-class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Home base right here in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. As respected industry leaders, we are here working hard for you in an effort to provide you with excellence in sports medicine, excellence in research and education, and excellence in sports injury prevention. We are here for you, aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky cloudy at times this afternoon and tonight. A few passing showers and thunderstorms are likely. The high today, 80. Tonight's low, 63. Tomorrow, a mix of sun and clouds with scattered showers and thunderstorms. The high at 81. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 75 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Murphy is our guest, college football writer at the bottom of the hour at 1.30. Uh, during the break, your your boy McElroy just yanked one into the trees about 50 deep into the gallery. Um, his game is not on right now. Uh, meanwhile, uh, I think Fox is in trouble. DeChambeau just knocked one close enough to where he could be atop the leaderboard uh, after a birdie putt. So, um, it's a major, uh, many view it as the fourth and, and I'm okay with that. Cause it's still got an outstanding field. Um, I like it. I like the fact that they've moved it to different courses. I, I sure I wouldn't mind if it came back to Birmingham either, but, um, we have talked a lot of golf, but here's a couple other stories. I'm just going to roll your direction. Lars Anderson, 
Uh, I don't know that it really matters. I find it very intriguing. But there are stories now, and I think the last one, when I really took notice, was uh, from Sports Illustrated. Stetson Bennett spent six years in Athens, won two national championships, but never got a sheepskin. Did you hear that? No. He was never graduated from UGA. Wow. Uh, That is... Oh, man. Um, it's <laughs> that's, interesting. That's an old man moment, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you almost that, had to try. I mean, I thought you had to take a certain number of hours and pass a certain number of hours to maintain your eligibility. So if he was able to do that over the course of six years and not get a degree, then he should have a degree and not getting a degree because uh, for six years. Because you have to be enrolled. What is he taking? You know, six-hour semesters? I don't think you can do that and be a student athlete. <laughs> wow. Yeah, there's quite a contrast. Uh, there's a, a a quarterback at USC. His name is Miller Moss. Uh, and he graduated in two and a half years. <laughs> and he was beginning his freshman year of high school. He was – Miller Moss was beginning his freshman year of high school – when <laughs> Stetson Bennett began college and then he got his degree before Stetson Bennett. He got his high school degree and his college degree. Yeah. 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 Uh, there's, yeah, there's no evidence that uh, there's, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just looking around right now that uh, even though he spent six years in college, uh, there's no evidence that he uh, graduated. Um, but you know, he, he's got two rings. He was drafted in the yep. fourth round. He probably doesn't need a degree um, right now. Uh, maybe he was on track to graduate last weekend, but skipped out on his spring semester to get ready for the NFL. Out. Uh, you know, that's that's possible. Um, but clearly uh, getting a degree was not of the utmost importance to uh, Stetson Bennett. And uh, I'll just leave it at that. I'll tell you what, though, uh, if you'll look, just Google it. Um, He was in the Rams workouts yesterday, and there's some video of him throwing bombs on a dime. Uh, Incredible throws. I mean, I'm talking Drew Brees like. I've always always liked Drew because he just had such great touch on deep balls. I mean, he could throw underneath and he could do all that. But it's, it's a skill that not many quarterbacks truly possess. Uh, being able to hit a guy on a dead run 40 yards down the field and not break stride, uh, that takes more than a 15-yard out. So uh, that that's the case there. And my other topic here, Lars, your thoughts that now apparently one of the NFL playoff games, if not more, is going to be carried by Peacock. So, Lars... You are going to have to be a subscriber, to put it very simply. You're going to have to pay to watch the playoff. Yeah, um, I don't like that, obviously. Uh, I think this uh, is a huge deal for the NFL. I mean, they're raking in millions. And the NFL can be so tone deaf sometimes. On the same day that this was announced, I think they laid off a bunch of employees um, saying that they were in financial 
financial distress, uh, that which is just sort of laughable. Um, but yeah, I'm not I'm not a fan. Are you? Not at all. Uh, I am afraid that this is going to be a, a situation where if it's successful, it will just grow. And by the way, uh, and very related, the Pac-12 is trying to work their TV deal out still, aren't they? Um, and I think one of their options is streaming on Amazon. So, uh, I mean, I, I would hate to see in 10 years that if Lars and Matt wanted to watch Alabama and Tennessee, they got to lay down 10 bucks to do so. And I think that's where we're headed. Aren't You know, here's the whole deal. I know a little bit about this television situation, okay? Mm-hmm. You pay for your over-the-air by watching the commercials. You know, it's a you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Okay, we'll go to Salvatore's and we're going to eat some baked ziti because you advertise on the Alabama game. Uh, that's <laughs> what are they going to do with that revenue? <laughs> yeah, they're just getting uh, rich. Whatever they say. The 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 Pac-12 also. In- announced that uh, they're going to have enhanced in-game and pre-game access uh, during the broadcast of their games this fall. Um, it's going to include um, uh, head coach, in-game head coach interviews and, and having select coaches and players wear mics during uh, pre-game activities. And um, it, it, uh, they're going to allow cameras in the coach's booth without sound uh they're going to have extended handheld camera permission and they're going to be in the locker room uh pre-game and post-game or pre-game and halftime with camera access so um i think uh the the pac-12 is uh kind of mimicking what what they're doing in the xfl but it won't be as live as what xfl's uh, fans have done but it's going to bring college football and i think the other conferences will follow suit eventually it's going to bring college football closer to what other sports like major league baseball uh have been doing and i think uh right now the big 12 is also exploring this concept again of just giving fans more and more access because that's really what what fans want and it's almost like uh you know the xfl and the usfl have been sort of like petri dishes right where these have been explored and they've been successful and so uh now they're going to be adopted by pac-12 maybe big 12 and then uh i bet sec big 10 acc will follow maybe follow suit maybe next year Lars, uh, does it say in that article whether or not these additional um, segments, viewership, live cameras, will that be a part of just a regular package or do you pay additionally? No, nah, it's going to be part of the regular package. That's pretty cool. I mean, the the, the Pac-12 needs to uh, come up with some ideas, and that's a pretty darn good one. And, you know, when you think about it, Lars, Kind of go, hey, why didn't the Big Ten of the SEC this far? That's that's good news for people that are out on the West Coast. Follow, I was going to say UCLA and USC. Well, I, you know, this is I'm certainly I'm certain this is done. Uh, it's against the wishes of the coaches. 
coaches don't want cameras in their face. They don't want to be interviewed during the game. I mean, coaches are all about limiting access, right? Not expanding access. So uh, uh, this is this is a, this is a directive that's coming down from the athletic directors and and uh, the, the the people who are looking at budgets and trying to figure out ways to lure in more eyeballs uh, to their games. And, and you know, this, this is a good step in that direction. It is. And, you know, it's making it better for the fan. And if you're making $8 million a year, you're just going to have to put up with it. That's kind of the way I look at it. Now, I think there are certain areas that, that, that I don't think you want to go to and wouldn't be arable anyway. I think the coach is going to have to have some protection in this. But, you know, it's hard to feel sorry for these guys if they're upset someone's cameras rolling at halftime when they're making five and a half million dollars. Am I off base there, Lars? Uh, no, not at all. And you can be sure that, uh, you know, with a personality like uh, Deion Sanders, uh, you know that he's going to be mic'd up like all the time. There's going to be a camera on him wherever he goes. So uh, we'll we'll see. We'll see how it, we'll see how it resonates with the with the fan base. I, I'm sure it will quite well. You know what'll happen in Alabama if that ever happens? Nick Saban won't like it, but he will apply it and use it as a recruiting tool. That's just how sharp he is. Hey, your buddy's coming up next. Brett McMurphy's coming up on Big Noon Sports. Hang with us. Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. The story of the nurse and the foot pain that nearly brought him down. I feel like I'm giving people their lives back. Robert lived to take care of his patients, but he couldn't do it unless he took care of his foot pain. I have plantar fasciitis. It'll almost put you on your knees. That's how much it hurts. His own recovery started when he got fitted for arch supports at the Goodfeet store. Now that I'm pain-free, I can make these people feel better. Can't beat that. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the home two suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels our selection of bourbon is unmatched we have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary our lounge and service are world-class come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination a national championship team covering a national championship team the best sports talk in the state tide 100.9 and streaming on the tide 100.9 app
back on Big News Sports, Steph, Max Coulter, myself, and as far as Anthony, just a quick update from Oak Hill. Corey Connors is now taking the lead at minus four. Unfortunately, JT just went from minus one to plus one. Not good news there. Lars? Yeah, joining us now is a good friend of mine, Brett McMurphy, who is a longtime college football reporter and uh, is now uh, writing for the uh, Action Network. And and Brett, before we get into what's going on with the ACC, I, I've wanted to ask you this for a while. I think you hold the unofficial record for breaking the most stories that ESPN doesn't give you credit for. Uh, it happens over and over and over. Is it gotten to the point where you just kind of laugh it off now, or is it does it does it bother you? Unfortunately, Lars, there's a lot of people in that uh, in that in that club. Um, you know, look, it's I'll make this quick because I don't want to go on an anti-ESPN spin. But what's frustrating is, you know, I broke stuff before I got the ESPN. I broke stuff at ESPN. I've broken stuff after ESPN. And there is a sentiment at ESPN. There was when I worked there, so I know this firsthand, that when someone else would break something, they do not want to attribute it to that individual or news group, and they encourage their reporters to – sorry, I got a helicopter above. Maybe they're from ESPN. Um, they've got – they encourage the reporters to just get one little shred of information that's different from the original report so they don't have to credit the people that broke it. Um, I've had people email me when Bruce Feldman broke stuff. And I said, can you confirm this so we don't have to credit Feldman? So, yeah, it's unfortunate. You'd think they would be bigger and better than that, but um, there's not. Now, everyone there is not like that, but there's certainly a majority of them. And, you know, I don't want to go down the laundry list of reporters who don't attribute stuff at ESPN. But, yeah, it's uh, to sum it up, it sucks. Because I try yeah. to attribute people who break stuff. I'm never going to break everything. I'm not going to pretend I'm going to break everything. And if I knowingly know somebody else had something before me, I want to give them credit, man, because I've been on I've been on the other side of the coin, and I know I know what that feels like, and and um, unfortunately that's that's the way it is. And you know what, Lars, it, it gets worse. It doesn't get any better. Yeah, uh, I find that practice uh, highly unethical, as uh, as do most of us in in the profession. Um, okay, can, can you just give us a, a sort of a, a recap or just sort of what is going on uh, with the ACC and the ACC meetings this week? Well, basically, it was their annual spring meetings, and then word got out. It, speaking about crediting people, Ross Dellinger of Sports Illustrated had a great story about how there was a group of ACC schools that were kind of had been talking together and looking at options about maybe getting out of the league together. It's, it's the most dramatic turn or just simply trying to discuss how they could get unequal revenue sharing. And, um, you know, Ross named that Florida state and Clemson were two of those schools. I tracked down the other five and of course I'm a movie buff. So I had to call them the magnificent seven and then basically all held them. Um, you know, it took the schools that were not among those seven schools off guard. They weren't aware of what these other schools were doing. And they had a lot of open discussion and frank discussion. And all the ADs admitted that. Now, I don't think they're going to leave the conference 
this week, next week, even a year from now. But they are looking at how to change the revenue distribution that basically it will be performance-based. So teams that go to the college football playoff will get the majority of money from the college football playoff. It won't be shared evenly. Same with bowl appearances, NCAA tournament units, those sort of things. But look, Lars, this is it's basically um, – I love bad analogies more than anybody, and here's mine to sum it up. This is putting a Band-Aid on a gunshot wound. It's not gonna. It's not gonna. It's not gonna clear it. It's not gonna resolve it. It can delay the inevitable. But I mean, basically, whenever we get to the point where the Big Ten and/or the SEC has a real interest in anybody from the ACC, whether you're getting an additional ten million per year in college football playoff money that you no longer, that you didn't get before, you're still gonna leave and go to one of the big two conferences. Because you can go from 35 to 45 million in the ACC to approaching 100 million in the Big Two conferences, and I don't, I'm not saying it's a matter of if. I'm just saying it's a matter of when. It may not be next year. It may not be two years. But someone asked me five years from now when I go to the ACC meeting, will we see the same teams here? And I believe absolutely not. There will be casualties by that point. I agree 100%. Brett, my name's Matt Coulter. I've been Lars's partner here for a couple of years off and on. I appreciate you joining us. The SEC meetings are coming up in Destin, uh, and the big top dog, Big Cheese, number one topic is going to be scheduling. Uh, have you got an inkling as to what they're going to come out of there with? Yeah, Matt, I I really don't. I mean, I think it's, I think it's split um, between eight and nine games, and – you know, the, the people that want eight, you know, feel if you go to nine, then what you're doing is you're adding one more loss for half of the conference. So while the Alabama and LSUs and Georgias of the world, that's not going to really impact them because they're 99% of the time not going to lose that additional conference game. You do have the middle tier and bottom tier of the conference that now suddenly you go from a six and six season to a five and seven season. Uh, you go from seven and five to six and six. You go from five and seven to four and eight. Um, and that's not good for the long-term health of coaches, specifically staying employed. The question is, how much pushback is there going to be? And obviously, Greg Sankey, you know, will play play a part in this. The presidents will play a part in this. And the one thing that I that I was told, which may you know, I don't know what side of the coin you guys are on this one, but if you are in favor of the eight-game schedule, I was told that you know the people think well, if you add another if you add another conference game, that would be additional revenue for the conference because obviously that would be on ESPN. Those games part of the new ESPN deal, but I was told that basically the ESPN deal. It pays the SEC when they add schools. So obviously the addition of OU in Texas, that, that will add um, to the war chest there. But not, necess- not necessarily adding another conference game would actually result in automatic additional revenue. So if that's the case, if there's not a financial reason to go from eight to nine, I don't know if they're going to do it. I mean, we're going to have to find out. I mean, the Big Ten, they're at nine. I reported last week, the week before, that basically they are no longer going to be requiring those schools to play a non 
Power Five opponent, but they do have nine conference games, so they are already playing nine Power Five opponents. The SEC at eight games, the ACC at eight games, they both have a requirement to play at least one Power Five non-conference. So that gets them up to nine Power Fives also, eight in conference, one out of conference. So if you did go to those nine conference games, then you've got the issues with the SEC team, Georgia, Kentucky, et cetera, that have the in-state rivals that would give them a 10th Power Five conference game because they're not going to drop those games. Florida's not going to drop Florida State if they went to a nine-game schedule. So that's kind of, I guess, a long-winded answer is I really don't know. I think it's <laughs> going to be debated. They'll Hopefully they come to an answer in, in Destin. But um, I don't think – I actually thought they would go to nine, but the more people I'm talking to seem to believe they they may end up staying at eight, um, which kind of surprised me because I thought with the 12-team playoffs, you guys probably thought the same. We would say – we would see more power five versus power five games. But actually, um, you know, at least the Big Ten's moving away from that, and if the SEC wants to stay at eight, um, they may they may do that also to, to increase the chances for their multiple teams to get into that playoff, and also so they're not you know docking half of their teams with a with another loss. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, um, Brett, where are we going with NIL? Uh, will there be any regulations on it anytime soon? And how will those regulations be implemented? Yeah, uh, good luck if you get that answer. Please call me back immediately. Like, I don't care what time of day it is. Because, I, look, I you, you know a million people in, in the industry. I know a million. You know, no one knows what to do, how to do it. You know, one size does not fit all. What what may work for one conference may not work for another. What may work for one school may not work for another school in the same state. You know, states are kind of popping up their own individual laws or doing whatever they can do. It's, you know, they they built a, you know, a, a huge interstate freeway and said, okay, there's no speed limit. And everybody's going along at 100 miles an hour. And now suddenly they want to put a 25-mile-per-hour speed limit restriction on it. And, oh, by the way, there's not going to be any cops that actually make sure you drive 25 miles per hour. But that's kind of where we're at. I honestly have no idea. Once this thing got, you know, the, the paste is out of the tube, I don't know how you put it back in. I don't know how you, how you restrict it. I don't see how you get everybody on the same page unless, of course, you have conferences that decide to do something together as a conference, but then obviously other conferences that will do something different that could actually give them an advantage. So, yeah, I, I hate the people that, you know, get on the fence and don't give you an answer, but I'm squarely on the fence. I have no freaking clue how they're going to solve this thing. Well, hey, uh, Tommy, to Tub Tommy Tuberville's on the case, Brett. So, uh, he's yeah, still there good. you go. There you go. <laughs> Hey, Brett, you said good you're a movie guy. Good luck with have that. You seen air? <laughs> Excuse me? Have you seen air? No, I haven't yet. I want to. Okay. I want to really oh, so bad. Man, you're a movie guy, and so are Lars and I. I was just wondering. Hey, thanks for your time. Tell everybody how people can follow you uh, on social media platform. Yeah, um, you can find me on Twitter, at Brett 
underscore McMurphy. And uh, yeah, I, I do like a lot of pop culture. So if you guys are old school like me, I can say 100% that every one of my tweets are real and they are spectacular. <laughs> After Seinfeld. this interview, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Uh, I'll be following <laughs> you very shortly if I'm not already. Thank you, Brett. Have a wonderful Thanks, afternoon. Thanks, Brett. Thanks, guys. Anytime, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, what a busy guy and a good guy. And I want to ask you a question about him and about you and about our profession when we get back. And it's a, it's absolutely spectacular. <laughs> You're listening to Big Dome Sports. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. It's in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. The universal truth of women's shoes. The cuter they are, the more they hurt. You have to put your best foot forward, and if your best foot is an ugly shoe, oh my goodness. Lisanne thought she had to choose between looking good and feeling good until she got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now I can wear the shoes that I've picked out because I like the way they look, not because they were comfortable. Good Feet relieved her pain and her fashion dilemma. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky cloudy at times this afternoon and tonight. A few passing showers and thunderstorms are likely. The high today, 80. Tonight's low, 63. Tomorrow, a mix of sun and clouds with scattered showers and thunderstorms. The high at 81. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 78 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Want to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. Back on Big Union Home Morgan. Just wrapped up a really good conversation with college football writer Brett McCarthy. And um, appreciate him joining us. And Lars led off the question to him about breaking stories. And Lars teaches two journalism classes at the University of Alabama. So he's a perfect guy to ask this. Um, but, and I'll, I'll offer my answer on the other side of yours. But what are the one or two key things to being able to continue to break stories? Hello. Uh, I did it again, man. I muted myself. Uh, the number one thing is you have to cultivate and nurture uh, relationships. Uh, and um, you have to be honest and straightforward with the people that uh, you cover. Um, you have to be fair uh, you, with them. That You have to earn a level of their trust. 
Um, you have to be known as someone who doesn't just uh, go in and napalm a, 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 a situation uh, with a reckless tweet. Uh, I've seen way too many reporters absolutely uh, burn bridges because they wanted to tweet something out. Uh, and yeah, maybe it was talked about for a few hours and they picked up uh, you know, a couple hundred followers, but then that relationship with the subject is completely burned. Um, with uh, I, I, Brett McMurphy is absolutely one of the best, uh, I wouldn't say even sports reporters. I think he's one of the best reporters in the country because he has spent his career um, being just what I said, fair and honest. He's a man of integrity. His word is his bond. And really just always remember that you're dealing with human beings, right? And, and try to be empathetic. And, uh, and empathy is, is a very big deal to me both just in my personal life and professional life, try to understand how, what you report is, how is that gonna impact the person you're reporting on? How's it gonna impact their career, their family? Uh, you know, especially if it's something extremely delicate. Is uh, it worth? Is there, yeah, is there a greater good uh, that, uh, that it supersedes what possibly could happen to the person you're reporting on. So th those are just a few of the things that I talk about uh, in, in, uh, in the ethics course that I teach. Well, the, the one thing that you said in a couple of different ways is you have to earn trust. And once, they, once you've earned their trust and they appreciate it, then you got a really good working relationship. Uh, what bothers me about the climate today is that uh, people can just go blatantly make mistakes, not care, and, and a lot of times they're just not held accountable. But uh, we'll continue this in your class. Are you teaching summer school? Uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm finishing a book, and uh, I'm working on a book proposal. So finishing up book number 13 and, and uh, starting work on book number 14 that uh, my uh, my agent, uh, Richard Pine in New York, we're, we're both very, very excited about it. And and uh, I, I, I honestly, I look, I always think my next book is going to be like my best, but I, I think this one has a, immense possibility. Well, I can tell you from afar and maybe not that big a distance, you have worked your hiney off. I appreciate that. All right. Uh, we'll take a break tomorrow. I'm going to work to get Bob Barrett on. We need to talk more about the PGA right now. Uh, Connor's just bogeyed, so he's back to minus three along with Hoblin and Ryan Fox. And tomorrow we will also discuss whether or not I'm pronouncing Victor Hoblin or is it Victor Hoblin. Since Lars is actually from that part of the country, I think I might have to lean in his direction. Oh, <laughs> long O? I, I don't know. <laughs> That's good. We'll, we'll, we'll spend the next 22 hours looking that up. wonder who his favorite poet is. Oh. All right, Lars. We'll do this again in 22 hours. Have a beautiful, blessed day. Bye.